20 in Exodus 23. Um, and and uh, I want to entitle the message, Little by Little. And I've noticed that the ones that start off up the road, when they just go out in a blaze of glory, they are usually the ones that just kind of burn out in the first mile. But it's that faithful follower that typically finishes in the finals. And by little and little, I drove them out before thee, until thou increased and inherited land. And so what I've learned is a lot of times, it's better to go at your own pace with the Lord's help. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. If you have your place, please say amen. 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 That's good. I like that, church. If you're able to stand for the reverence of the reading of God's holy, infallible, impeccable, and errant word, I would ask you to do so now. Exodus chapter number 20, excuse me, chapter number 23, starting in verse 20. You want to read through 33. The Bible says, Behold, I send an angel. You see that angel? That's, that's an uppercase angel. That's very important. If your Bible does not have an uppercase A, you're going to miss out of a lot of good doctrine the Bible's trying to teach you. Behold, I send you an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice, and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee, and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Pharisites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And you shall serve the Lord your God. And He shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee. And will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. I will send, watch this word, hornets before thee, which shall drive out the, 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 the Hittite and the Canaanite and, and, and the Hittite and from before thee. And I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. Here's our focus verse. By little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea even unto the sea of the Philistines and from the desert unto the river will I deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand. And thou shalt drive them out before thee 
Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. If thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. I want to preach this morning on this thought, little by little. Here in this passage of Scripture, we find the Israelites learn that God is wise and it's just best to follow God's lead. These Israelites here, they would remain in Sinai for about 11 months and then they would journey to a place called Kadesh Barnea. Can you say that? Kadesh Barnea. Where they would enter into the land, fell into trust God and claim their inheritance, they were condemned to journey in the wilderness until the generation 20 years old and upward had all died, except a man by the name of Caleb and Joshua. For 38 years, God would guide His people and then bring them back to the borders of Canaan to enter in and to claim the land. But I want you to notice there in verses 20 and 23 in your text, that word angel should be capitalized. And I want you to understand two things before we proceed any further in this morning's message. An angel is quite literally a messenger of God. But this word, angel, it's capitalized. It's indicating that this angel is not just a spiritual being, but it is a person. This angel here is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. This is the angel of the covenant of Exodus chapter 14 verse 19. And only He can pardon transgressions. And only in Him is the wonderful name of the Lord. And God had prepared a place for His earthly people according to verse 20. Just as Jesus is preparing a place in heaven for His people, according to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. So, if the Israelites followed the Lord, God promised that He would meet all of their needs and defeat their enemies. Once again, the Lord here is shown in the text and He warns, He warns about sin. He warns about the sin of idolatry and worshiping false little g-gods of the nations that are around them. The nations that they would defeat. If Israel devoted themselves wholly to the Lord, He would go out before them. He would confound their enemies and He would enable them to conquer the land. That hornet in verse number 28. Verse number 28, that hornet there. It well could have been an insect that that we know because the people of the East respect the hornet. Uh, Even even in in reading Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 20 and Joshua chapter 24 verse 12, some would even suggest that that hornet in verse 28 is a reference to to the Egyptian armies that frequently invaded Canaan before the Jews arrived. And if you know anything about Egypt, the only good thing about Jesus, uh, excuse me, uh, the only good thing about Egypt, whenever it comes to, to, to Egypt being a type of the world, when it comes to, to Egypt be, being a, a, an oppressor to Jesus, 
The only good thing about Egypt is it can be used as a bad example of what not to do, what not to be. And so whenever it talks about this hornet, it very well could be talking about something bad that's coming after you. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 18, Egypt is compared to a fly and Assyria is compared to a bee. So we see that the Lord will take something bad, such as an Egyptian army, and turn it into something good for His glory. The Lord will fight your battles if you keep His commandments. It took Joshua and his army, little by little, not all in one swoop, seven years, seven years to conquer the land. And the victory was followed up by mopping up, if you will. God planned that they would take that land gradually or little by little so that they can control things. And we learned that there's a theme all throughout the Bible of how God does things little and little. Little by little. It's not all in one swoop. And if God were to try to grow you at a, uh, into the person that He wants you to be all at once, well then you wouldn't have the experience that you need to produce wisdom. And wisdom is needed in every generation to pass to the next generation. Without that knowledge, people will perish. Without that wisdom, a society will fail. And a lot of times, we want things to go our way right now. This instant. We live in a self-gratifying society. We want it yesterday. You got Amazon Prime? I do. Glory to God. One button, and it's at my house. Hallelujah. We want it right now. That's the, that's the kind of society we live in. But God doesn't always operate that way. More times than not, God works things little by little. Little and little. So because we want, we want to see God do things right now, we often become impatient with God. Some see the process of gaining something little by little to be a bad thing. But allow me for just a few moments before we go back there and eat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I felt something on that. Let me show you just seven quick things. And and for y'all that ain't used to my preaching, these seven go quick. So pay attention. Take notes. Let me show you seven quick things that are actually very beneficial for you. Firstly, number one, you will conquer the enemy little by little. The Lord will go before you. Everything that God wants in your life that He wants to make happen, He has to go before you. He's got to plan it all out. And He has planned it all out. The Lord will go before you. You may be in a situation, in a circumstance where you just don't understand what's going on. I'm here to tell you by the authority of God's Word that that unseen hand is moving things around and shifting things around behind the scenes that you don't see. And God is going before you and He's making a way when there seems that there will be no way. Because God is faithful, more especially to His children. And He's going to take care of the child of God. And He'll go before you when it comes to conquering your enemy. He already knows what the enemy has schemed against you. He already knows the wiles of the devil and he knows that you must put on the full armor of God if you're going to be able to withstand it. You say, preacher, what has the Lord done for me to go before me? 
Well, let me, let me break this out right here. If you got yourself a Bible, it's sitting in your lap. He went before you. And He gave you the Word of God in the English language. And He is instructing you. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Hallelujah. Hey, you want to know how to get through life? God has went before you and He's given you 66 books of, of His Word and you've got it right there in your lap. You, you got it right there at home. You, you got the Word of God and God has went before you. How are you going to conquer the, the enemy little by little? Read the Word of God. Follow what it says. I see the Lord will go before you. I see the Lord will guide you. He'll, he'll take care of you. As you're going through things, oftentimes we don't really understand really what we're going through. We, we, got, a, we got a plan. We're, we're prepared in, in most, most cases. But hey, I didn't know that whenever I was a little boy, Raylan's age, that God would call me to pastor University Baptist Church in Conway. I didn't know that. But I followed my guide. I followed the Lord. And if you'll follow your guide, you'll be safe. Anybody ever went out on a tour somewhere, went to a museum, went, went, went on a safari trip? If you go on a safari trip, you're going to have to follow your guide. If not, you're going to get ate by a lion. I'm telling you. If you go somewhere that you haven't been before and you have a, a tour guide available to you, don't just do it your way because you think you've got it figured out. I promise you, you don't. Follow your God. He's went out before you. The God knows exactly the areas that you're going to walk through. He knows the exact places that He's going to be able to, to stop by and explain things on the way. But you've got to follow your God. The Lord is your God in life. I see the Lord will go before you. I see the Lord will guide you. And it's something else on how you'll conquer the victory or you'll conquer the enemy little by little is the Lord will give you the victory. If you trust Him, and you follow Him, it might not make sense at the moment, but you just keep holding on, God will make sure that He sees you through. Whether it's on this side of eternity or on the far side, He is going to give you the victory. Do you realize that we're just pilgrims and strangers here? We wasn't made just to conquer the earth. I understand the millennial reign and what it's going to be like then. I understand all that. But, but I don't store up earthly treasure. Are you with me? Heaven is my home. I long to be with the Lord. And while I'm on earth, I am, I am wanting to walk in the victory that He's given me as a child of God. Number two this morning, you will claim the promises of God little by little. How do you, how do you proclaim the promises of God? I'll tell you how you don't do it first. You just don't say, Lord, I claim the promises. I know your word said, and then you just speak it only. No, that ain't how you claim something. You, you can't just go out and say, Lord, I declare and I command in the name of Jesus. That sounds good, but that's a lot of fluff. That's the nice pretty stuff on top of the banana pudding. It ain't the banana pudding itself. It's fluff. You claim the promises little by little when orders are given by the Lord. Orders. You say... Well, preacher, that's Exodus. That's Old Testament. New Testament, real quick. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Those are orders given by God. You want to claim the promises of God? You read the Word of God, you see what He says, and you follow. You obey the Word of God. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. It's better just to go ahead and follow God. 
and do what He says instead of having to sacrifice part of your life or a season of your life and, and in a sense shipwreck your testimony when all you had to do was follow the Lord to begin with. If you follow, the closer you follow the Lord, the less opportunity there is for you to fall into sin. And God does not want you to fall into sin because that's a bad place. He saved you to, from sin. He does not want you going back out and living it. You'll claim the promises of God little by little knowing that the outcome will be good. You can trust that whatever's going th- whatever you're going through is for your good. You heard me. The Bible says it is for your good and for your glory. Preacher, I had a loved one die. It's for your good and for your glory. Preacher, one of my babies died. It's for your good and for your glory. Preacher, I had this disaster happen in my life. And you want to tell me it's for my good? It's for your good. And it's for His glory. Because God is taking those bad situations and those bad times in your life and He's building you up and building you in Him. And a lot of times, God will bring people to their knees just so they'll pray. Because they've been standing on their feet long enough without Him that they think that they can walk in a way that's superior to the King's highway. Why would God do this to me? Because He loves you. A nation, just like the Laodicean church, a nation that is wealthy, that does not need God, He'll bring them to their knees. Why is there cancer? Why is there AIDS? STDs. Why is there debauchery? People don't want to follow the Lord. So He'll bring these plagues into your life. And He'll judge an entire nation. And I believe it started at the church house when men of God stopped preaching the Word of God because they were scared to be canceled. I'm not on Fox News, baby. You can't cancel me. Hey, you might can shut up my mouth, but you'll never shut up the Word of God. You'll never cancel Him. Amen. God's Word is truth. And let every man be a liar. I'm a liar, but God's Word is truth. And we stand on this truth. But we get scared to proclaim the truth because it might offend somebody. How about this? I'm offended. You're offended. So I guess we're both winners, right? Amen. Moving on before I get hung up on that one. Number three. You will collect the fruit little by little. Now, I don't know much about... I mean, seriously, I don't know much about planting stuff. I took horticulture and and FFA. I grew up on a small farm. I mean, just a little bit of thing. I don't remember much, all right? But I do know that you have to have good preparation. And when it comes to the planting, you've got to have good ground and good seed. And I know eventually there's going to be a product. And you're hoping it's good fruit i mean that to me that's that's the best i got for you so i'm gonna make that work spiritually speaking when it comes to preparation there's no time wasted some of y'all have learned about me is that i don't let grass grow under my feet when when god puts me on assignment i'm gone i'm after it. i'm getting it done while there is time because i have an urgency because i believe the lord is coming back very soon very soon now, you can believe what you want to believe. I believe that He's coming back very soon. And I'm trying to get as much done for the Lord that I can, possibly. So I realize there must be preparation. If you want to have good fruit, spiritual fruit, as a child of God, little by little, you've got to stop wasting your time. You, you've been given 24 hours in the day, 8 hours supposedly for rest, 
Eight, eight hours for supposedly for vocation and eight hours supposedly uh, for, for the hobbies or the things of life. Well, let me, let me give you another illustration. Your tithe, your 10%, it's not just money. It is your time to the Lord. There's 168 hours in the, in the week. Do you give Him 16.8 hours of your time? I know I don't preach for 16.8 hours. It might seem like that, but I don't preach that long. <laughs> Do you give God your time? If you want to go spiritually, make time for Jesus. Because He made time for you. It's that simple. When it comes to planting, you've got to have good ground. I don't know a whole, whole lot about planting stuff, but I do know this. If there's weeds in the ground, they're like parasites and they'll suck out all the nutrients and essentially kill off whatever you're trying to plant. It'll hinder the work of what you're trying to do. Hey, before you go to planting any seed, you want to, you want to pull some weeds up out of your life, spiritually speaking. If you want to grow in the Lord and you keep trying to inject Jesus and inject Jesus and inject Jesus, and you live like hell Monday through Saturday, there's going to be no fruit. You've got to pull up the weeds out of your life. I'm telling you this because I love you. And I've been there myself. But if you want to have good produce, you've got to get rid of the weeds. You got to have good seed. I mean, it's really got to come from the Lord. I like what one preacher told me. He called me several several months ago. An evangelist friend of mine he was recommending a book to him, and I'm all for books. I mean, you you walk in my office, you'll see half my library up on them shelves right there. I love books. I mean, I wrote a book. I love books, but I like what he said. He said, "Preacher Waters." He says, "I'm tired of reading books about the book." I see, he said, "I just want to read the book." I, I like that. I like that. Too many times we get our Christianity filtered. And I understand I'm so glad for resources. We got Spotify. Praise God. We got YouTube. We, we, we've got Facebook. We, we've got all these things. But there's nothing like coming to the source itself. Opening your Bible. So I see all of that. Don't waste time. Create good ground. Have good seed. That's going to produce good fruit. Number four, I think I smell that food. Hallelujah. Number four, your counsel will be given little by little. You have the precept, the preaching, and the practicing. The precept, your counsel, is God reveals His Word. Preach the whole counsel of God. That means the part people don't like. Read the whole counsel of God, the good and the bad. It isn't always uplifting and encouraging. Sometimes it tells you how nasty and a rotten sinner you are outside of Christ. Just like it tells me. But that's what magnifies the Lord and makes Him so great. Amen. You read, you read the book of Romans. You, you start in the first seven chapters. You're going to feel really low that you want to crawl underneath your seat right there. But you get to chapter 8. Whew, he breaks the bars off and interjects grace. I mean, the Apostle Paul takes you as low as you can go. And then... Brings you up in the Lord. The preaching. God reveals Himself in His Word. I hear, I hear preachers, or not just preachers, but Christians all the time saying, Lord, Lord, I, I, I want to hear a word from You. Lord, give me a sign. Well, Matthew chapter 16, verse 4, I think that's where it's at, says that a wicked and adulterous generation seek a sign. We're not looking for signs. Signs were also created for Jews. More than likely we're not Jews in here. But if you're looking for a sign from the Lord, if you're looking for God to speak to you, just open the Bible. He'll talk to you. 
The Spirit will speak through as you read the Word of God. God reveals Himself. It's by the... By, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it's by the foolishness of preaching to save them that will believe. What will make a sinner saved? Good old-fashioned preaching. Preaching the Word of God. Without compromise, apology, and with compassion and love. Practicing. Your counsel will be given little by little by practicing God's way. I, I, I bring it into the little by little frame because of this. If I were to go back and give you every sermon I ever listened to on sermon audio, every, every sermon I've ever listened to in, in an old-fashioned camp meeting, I mean, th- there's got to be hundreds of thousands of hours, and right now I probably can only name seven or eight outlines that stuck out to me. Really. I've gotten to the point now I can hear a preacher, and I can tell, I, I can, I can, Y'all go to camp meet with me, you'll watch. I will draw their outline as they preach, and I'll, and I'll, I'll be able to use it. I don't, I don't use it, but I'll be able to because I want to remember it. But little by little do I take in the preaching of the Word of God. And I might not remember everything that preacher said in the 45 minutes to an hour that he preached, but there will be one great truth that stuck out to me and God spoke to me on. And I'll take that one great truth and I will apply it to my life. And as I grow, little by little, hearing the preaching of the Word of God, God takes those one great truths and He builds me up into into being who He wants me to be. Fifthly, this morning, your calling, saint or sinners, is little by little. Do you realize that God speaks to your conscience by the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God? God speaks to you through prayer. God speaks to you through all of that. He speaks to you by the church service, the songs that we sing. Praise the Lord. Onward, Christian soldiers. Jesus, what a wonderful name. Whatever it is, the great I am. God speaks through that. He he speaks through the sermon. And more than all that, He speaks through the Scriptures. God also speaks through circumstances by others. Just a few months ago, I was going through something. Might be small to y'all, it's huge to me because I just didn't have that thing figured out. A buddy of mine called me. He said, how you doing? We got talking about 15 minutes in the conversation. He said, you sound a little down. I said, I I am. I know him. I started confiding in him. Well, come to find out, he is dealing with the exact same problem, with the exact same people, in the exact same situation. Well, how about that? You know what God told me through that circumstance? I wasn't alone. Now, it's a, probably a small matter. But still, it, God let me know through speaking through me, uh, th- th- through Him, through the circumstance, He taught me a lesson. I'm not the only one going through something. Everybody that's in this sanctuary this morning, we're all going through something if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Your preacher is going through something. You're going through something. We're all going through something. But when we come together, and we have fellowship and confess our faults one to another as the Bible declares that we should do, He can edify one another through our circumstances. Let me tell you what that looks like. I remember, I'll show my wife a video of, of my home church, church I was in whenever I got called to preach. And, and she looked at it, I mean, I mean the choir off was still people sitting, sitting out here People sitting over there. I mean, they opened up the doors. They, they stuck people down in the stairwell. I mean, they, 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 they had to fill in a bunch of aisles. I mean, God was growing this church. What did that look like? 
A man comes forward and said, I've been dealing with the addiction of pornography for so long and I need to be delivered from it. And he did. The saints of God got up and one of the preachers that were there got up, not the pastor, just some, a lay preacher, got up, he says, brother, in the middle of the service, come right down there. He said, brother, I dealt with it for years, but God can take it away. About that time, somebody come down there. You know what, I'm dealing with that too. About that time, a woman gets up, you know what, I'm dealing with that too. Praise God, they stopped, the, they, they stopped everything. They, they went, they laid hands. This ain't, this ain't charismatic. This is Bible doctrine. And they prayed. And that man got some help. Revival broke out. That's why the church was growing because they, 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 they pushed their pride out of the way. They admitted they had a problem. And God spoke through circumstances. Women, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this, this bad issue here. One of the women, mighty Sunday school teacher, saints of God, she just came down in the middle of the service as Pastor Sam was preaching as boldly as he could. She could not handle it no more. She came to the altar. They prayed for 30 minutes as Pastor Sam's over here. They're praying over here. We don't know what's going on. She had had an abortion over 30 years ago and she still was grieving over that. She never found peace. She didn't realize that seven other ladies in the church had had the same procedure done. And that they were also fighting the same thing. It's through the circumstances that God can speak through you as well. But you've got to get your pride out of the way because you don't know what somebody else is going through. And you may, this ties it back in. Preacher, that bad thing that happened in my life, why would God do that, for me, do that to me? It's so you can be a blessing to others and somebody can bless you. Moving on before I get hung up on that one. Number, number six this morning. In the message is little by little, your character is years in the building, little by little. I wrote here, honesty for a long time creates a good testimony. Before I got saved, I didn't have a good testimony. People couldn't take me at my word. Now that I'm saved, I've done my best to tell the truth. Mama taught me, you tell me the truth, no matter what, you won't get a whooping. I don't care how ugly that truth is. That's how I was raised. I get disciplined another way, but I, I wouldn't get a, a whooping. Well, I learned from that. I had an employee approach me last week. She said, Mr. Josh. I said, yes. Yeah. She said, I need you to come over and look at this vehicle. I said, okay, she's out on patrol. I looked at it. She had some cosmetic damage. I looked at her and said, what happened? I was scrolling through TikTok while I was out on patrol. I said, you were, huh? She said, I was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. I said, okay. She's like, do I need to turn my uniforms in? I took a deep breath and thought about it. I said, I need you to write up an incident report, send it off. She said, and what else? I said, and don't do it again. And I went to walk off. She said, Mr. Josh, you're not firing me? I said, I'll never fire you for telling me the truth. I might write you up, but not today. I honor, me personally, I honor somebody that tells the truth. God will honor you if you tell the truth. And the truth is not always told with your tongue. The truth is in the life that you live. That's how, that's how He'll honor you. And your character is being built by not just what you say, but what you do. And He builds your character little by little. If y'all met me when I, when I was younger, you'd say there's no way in the world God would call Him to preach. And I would have told you you're exactly right. But I'm so glad God will use a broken vessel.
And if we're all honest this morning, we're all broken vessels that fell into the heavenly potter's hands this morning. God will use you. But once He gets His hands on you, grow in Him. I notice in building your character, it'll make you honorable in the life you live. And you'll become holy, becoming more like Jesus. The one thing I aspire to have said at my funeral, I know I wore a lot of hats in life thus far, and there'll be so many things that people could say, but I want there to be one common denominator. Pastor Waters was faithful. Whatever he did, serving the Lord to the house of God, his family, his wife, his children, his job, his friends, he was faithful. God will build you up little by little and make you faithful. Lastly, this morning, we'll have an altar call right after. And then we'll do that. But right now, right now, we're on point number seven. Little by little, your commitment to Christ as Lord should grow little by little. You'll learn to love Him more. You do realize that you have to love the Lord. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite simple, really. Uh, for some reason, we don't understand that. I remember one time, and I may have told this here, I, I, I can't remember, and I won't act it out because I'll look foolish if I did. But we're, we're in the football locker room, and people are hollering, hooping, jumping up and down, screaming, cussing, dropping a bunch of GDs, and you know exactly what I mean by that. Coach Hollers, who liked to holler, by the way, that's what he did. He was the Sunday school administrator, deacon at Pleasantview Community Church, the church I, I was at where I got saved. I were, I, I, very, very, very meek guy. Very laid back. Kind of like your pastor. But he had enough. He heard all of us just in there hooping, hollering, talking about everything ungodly under the sun. I'll never forget how loud that door slammed and how quick it got quiet. We're talking about 60 teenagers screaming, hollering, wham! Everybody stopped. You could not have even heard a gnat burp. And then immediately behind it, he screams as loud as he can, I love the Lord! That got all of our attention. And he preached... For an hour and ten minutes, we did not practice that day. He started hollering. Coach Bailey went and got his Bible and he preached how we are to respect a holy and righteous God and how we are going to be dealt with. He stopped practice and we're about to go against East Rutherford High School, our, our county rivals. And this was like the, the game, like right before game day. He stopped practice because something was more important. He had to share the gospel. Two boys got saved, by the way. Now, I wasn't the one cussing, but I was listening to it, laughing and going along with it, so I might as well have been cussing. It's just as bad. I fell under so much conviction, considering I know this man. He stood up every Sunday, gave announcements at that church. I was in the youth group there. I was at church there, and I felt that low. Because I did not love the Lord. I was saved. But I did not love the Lord enough to say, enough's enough. You're not going to mock my God anymore. So you're going to grow little by little to where eventually you might just have to slam a few doors and scream, I love the Lord. 
Whatever that looks like for you in your life. You might not be as vocal as him. I'm not. But whatever that looks like, enough's enough. It's time to take, time, take a stand for him. You'll learn to love him more. You'll learn from him. You'll get into that spiritual place. And y'all know what I'm talking about, you prayer warriors. Where's just you and him talking? You say, I don't hear nothing. He don't talk to you. He talks to me. He talks to me. We talk. We have conversations. And the more you grow, the more you'll learn from him. And whatever he says to you will never contradict the word of God. Lastly, you're going to live for him. Friday night, I was on one of my sites, clocked in at 10 p.m., working third shift. Worked all day. Clocked in. District manager, I got I to gotta train my new people. I was talking to the new hire. She asked me, you know, how do you do it, Josh? How, how, do, how do you do this job? How do you do this? How do you raise a family? How do you do all this? I said, I don't know. I said, I'm just, I'm winging my way through life. I don't know. And I got to thinking, no, that's not the answer. I looked at her and said, Brandy, I said, let me be honest with you. The Lord gives me the strength. On the clock, she, she starts breaking down in tears. She said, I haven't talked to God in so long. And she starts pouring her heart out of unspeakable things that have happened to her the past two years, two years ago and since. And God's working through her, or working on her. But all it took was for me to say, no, it's Him, not me. The Holy Spirit come by, pricked her heart, and she just let it all out. God wants to use you, church, in your own individual ways whenever you encounter people. All you have to do is give Him the glory. You ain't got to know the Scriptures like I do. You don't have to know these songs and these hymn books. But what you've got to do is be saved. And you've got to be able to tell others what Jesus has done for you. Here's an extra point. Because little by little, He'll grow His kingdom through you. One by one, little by little, a soul will get saved. Snatched out of the fire. One by one, people are going to come back home. They're going to recommit their life to Christ. Little by little. And it takes you. Hey, your, your pastor's just one person. And y'all know I'm doing all I can. I need your help. You need my help. We need each other's help. How are we going to see Conway saved for Christ? It's going to be little by little in the life that you live. It's on you. It's on me. How are we going to see Columbus County saved for Christ? It's going to be little by little. It's going to be through you and I. How are we going to see the Carolinas saved? I just, I just happen to be crazy enough to believe that God is going to use University Baptist Church as a spiritual lighthouse to the Carolinas first and then to the entire globe. I just believe, I'm crazy enough to believe it. But do you believe it? Because if you believe it, you're going to say, you know what, Pastor, it starts with me. It starts with me today. I'm going to be that change. Little by little, I'm going to ask the Lord to help.